Welcome back to the Juice Time Podcast. I'm your host, Noah Adamani. And alongside me tonight, folks, is none other than the man himself, Madison's own, the 608's finest, my brother, Nicholas Osen of 24-7 Sports, coming off of yet another victory inside Camp Randall, where we were both in attendance. I was sitting just about 30 rows up on the away team side, and good Lord, did I get a great look at one special talent in Tanner Mordecai and that Badgers offense. Nick, I am so grateful that you're back in the state of Wisconsin, and we've been able to cross paths a number of times this fall, and I know it will continue. How are you doing tonight, my brother? You know, I'm doing well. You mentioned a recent win for the Badgers, and obviously they've got a big-time game coming up this weekend with Iowa that could really help decide the Big Ten West. So I've been on top of a busy week of work, coming back from Minneapolis, and doing a lot of media hits. But obviously, this is one that we're loyal to, try to make it happen every week. And of course, it's actually a good one to talk about the Bears this week. Nick, for the first time this season, I will have a <laughs> smile on my face, wire to wire, as our beloved Chicago Bears earned a wire to wire victory in primetime last week. So we'll be diving deep into that one. And Nick, you said it best about these Badgers. They have an extremely tough month of October. We talk about just getting done with Rutgers, you roll into Iowa. Then follow it up with a trip to Champaign and then hosting the Buckeyes to close out the month. Good Lord Almighty, that is a gauntlet. But I think Bucky is going to come away with several more victories on the docket. So folks, strap in for a wild one. And as always, juice up! All right, Nick. As I just alluded to, our beloved Chicago Bears absolutely trounced the Washington Commanders at FedEx Field in Landover, Maryland. And they did it in style, especially on the offensive side of the football. It was from kickoff all the way until closing time in the fourth quarter. Justin Fields and that Chicago Bears offense with a 40-20 to 20 victory. That unit on the offensive side of the football, Nick, was absolutely humming from the outset. And what stood out to me and possibly the entire world was the connection between one Justin Fields and his wide receiver, one DJ Moore had a career game, 230 yards receiving, and hauled in three touchdowns. You cannot draw it up any better than that. And they are forming one of the better connections between a quarterback and wide receiver across the league. And Nick, I'm truly over the moon with what we've seen these past couple weeks between those two. And I'm hoping it continues come Sunday against the division rival. Yeah, you know, I think it's an awesome thing that we can give ourselves a little credit 
not as much as that's something I should just get tattooed on me. I just heard myself saying it. Um, not as much as, of course, the players. I'll even quite honestly give a ton of credit to the staff, and I'll specifically hit on a couple guys. But I am grateful that I know for a fact, I don't believe you have, I certainly not have, began looking ahead to potentially get Caleb Williams or anything like that. That is far from a shot at him. I think he's an incredible talent that's going to be a pro bowler. But we are big time on to Justin Fields. And I think that he has, you know, obviously the flashes have basically always been there, specifically since last year. But I think the comfort, a little more feel in the pocket, accuracy. He had a couple great, great looks. Even the, I think the first throw of the game to Darnell Mooney, first or second throw in that last game, that should have been a catch. Our guy Mooney should have kept going. I don't think it was one where you turn around. But all that to say, Fields has looked awesome. And I want to give Luke Getze a lot of credit for his play calling. I think it's been – I'd give it at least a B-plus, maybe maybe an A from what we've seen the last – I'd say there's a one and four. Three out of the five weeks, I would really say. I understand they only have one win. But like we said, Fields has shown some real flashes. Turnover-free game last week leads the NFL in passing touchdowns, I believe, in this moment still. I mean, that's really impressive. You can't really deny that. I think it's exciting. And I think at times the defense stepped up when they needed to as well. Nick, there is absolutely no way to knock the defense's performance. And I will delve into several stats that really stood out to me against the commanders. But when you talk about Justin Fields emerging, and putting it all together as a passer, he is showing us what he's capable of right now. And yes, you have to give credit to Luke Getze for allowing Justin to be himself as a football player. Fields has had a tremendous amount of scrutiny over the last couple of years about his inability to pass the football. Well, folks, if you're tuning in right now, that atrocious passer as so many of you like to say he's thrown eight touchdowns in two football games eight of them and yes they were playing against a lackluster defense in the Denver Broncos when I was at Soldier Field but the hype around Washington's defense is that they get to the quarterback and make mobile quarterbacks uncomfortable with that defensive front Well, Justin Fields looked about as comfortable as he's been in his three years in the National Football League. So, yes, we are so thrilled with his performance against the Commanders, but I just yearn for more football to be played by this man because he is truly beyond a special talent with the ball in the air and also on his feet. So. I cannot stress enough how confident and excited I am about this offense, specifically that tandem, because DJ Moore is silencing the doubters. He has over 500 yards receiving in five games. Insane. Well on his way to smashing the season projection of 800 yards 
I could see him doing it in the month of October alone. Yeah. I was in between saying incredible and, and insane and crazy because that's what it is. I mean, for any NFL receiver at this point, but certainly for the Bears, we are not used to that. I mean, we, we've seen a couple special wideouts, maybe just one or two really special, but DJ Moore's in that category. I think he's on his way to a Pro Bowl berth. Fields, if he keeps this up, could get one. Uh, you know, maybe a defender or two. Obviously, there's some work to do there. But, you know, there have really been those flashes. I think as as we transition in a few minutes here to this week, the only spot we might really have to worry about could potentially be running back due to some injuries in that room. Nick, I am extremely nervous going into Sunday's division rivalry, especially with our running back room being banged up. Let's just say it's going to be a heavy Deontay Foreman game, which I did not foresee myself proclaiming throughout this season as it's been pretty clear that he's the third option in that RB room because Rashawn Johnson is such a hard runner and willing to take hits. But to kind of close out this matchup, in prime time against the Washington Commanders, Nick, that defense deserves a tremendous amount of credit. They allowed three points in the first half. Bears were up by 24 through two quarters. Hmm. And looking at the defense alone, forget the 40 points that we scored. The defense had five sacks on Sam Howell, which the Bears had several games this season with one or zero sacks throughout the entirety of the game, and they managed to get five on him. And they forced him into a turnover. And we know one thing is that the Bears creating turnovers usually leads to victories, especially with our long history of the Monsters of the Midway. And Nick, we haven't recorded since the just gut-wrenching loss of Dick Butkus, and that happened on game day. I genuinely believe that played a role in the Bears' onslaught, but of course that's going to be carried with this team throughout the season as it'll be dedicated to number 51, the original monster of the midway for this franchise. So Nick... I'm hoping that defense continues to step up against a division rival in the Minnesota Vikings who will be shorthanded. And I know you have mixed feelings about that. So, Nick, <laughs> let's go into that extremely meaningful game because the Bears have an opportunity to go on a streak and defeat a very familiar foe. Yeah, first off, you know, rest in peace to... And, you you know, people throw this word around, you know, you, you sometimes do with sports, outside of sports, whatever that might be, a real, a real legend and an original leader in the league and the game of football in Dick Buckus. Absolutely. I think it was cool that I believe he was at a game or two earlier this fall, um, you know, while I... I don't think, you know, a major impact, of course, on what, what happens in the game. I'm sure that, you know, the team didn't want 
to really lay an egg and be incredibly disappointing after something additionally like that for a, a true Bears legend. Uh, so rest in peace, you know, to him. It was it was cool, even if he wasn't the one typing it all the time. His Twitter account uh, and just some of the shots at the Packers and fans and things like that. But ahead of this matchup, we've said that it was winnable for a while. Now, you know, my brother here smiles and says it's uh, mixed feelings for me, and it is. I haven't met somebody that really likes fantasy football more than myself. And my league with you here is a top two league for me. So, of course, I stupidly took Justin Jefferson with the first pick. I don't think it was stupid. Now I kind of wish I took McCaffrey. So I'm going to be without my best player for a while. But Bears were four, four and a half point dogs last week. It dropped to three and a half after the Bears won. Now, with some momentum on the Bears, and of course, Justin Jefferson gets a little bit in there, it's down to two and a half. And I think that's about right. I actually think the exact should be Vikings favored by about two, which would mean on on a neutral field, they're favored by four to four and a half. And I think that's fair. I don't think either of these teams is good i don't think either of these teams is as bad as their record either i think that they can do a lot i think offensively the bears have frankly been the much more explosive team even though the vikings were kind of expected to be they lost some guys we said that in our season preview why i don't think either of us was super high on them and think both kind of showed some love to campbell and the lions in the division this is a rare game kind of a trifecta winnable game on a channel that I will get, or you know what I mean, location will get the game, and it's early enough that it shouldn't interfere too much with work stuff. I've got a scrimmage that day, but I'm actually really excited after a long day Saturday to kick back some of the only football I will see. We'll be watching our Bears in this one. Nick, you'll have to thank the NFL scheduling gods with that one because the Green Bay Packers are on a bye, and of course they're going to carry the division rivalry between the Bears and Vikings. You know what I'm going to say about that spread and that it's absolutely disrespectful for a team coming off of a victory by 20 points on the road in primetime. And the Vikings will be without arguably the best receiver in the game, Justin Jefferson. And the Chicago Bears are at home. So, yes, I will give the Vikings credit. They played a very strong game against the Kansas City Chiefs last week. But they ended up with a loss, as we also managed to do against the Chiefs this season. But you said it best, Nick. This Bears team has momentum, and I genuinely believe that the Vikings just had the wind taken out of their sails entirely. There's a lot of rumor mill. Oh, maybe Kirk Cousins will be shipped out to the Jets because they might have to shut down Justin Jefferson for the season. Well, all we know right now is that 18 is on IR. And of course, I would never wish an injury on a player. But if he had to be injured, I'm truly grateful that it's against the bears because 
we do not have the secondary to remotely cover him, especially with injuries of our own on that back end. So I, of course, wish for a speedy recovery for Justin Jefferson, but that Bears defense would have been truly torched if he had been in the lineup, and I would not be predicting anything close to a victory for our team. So, Nick, I'm going to make a statement right here, and that is our beloved Chicago Bears and our fan base. This game right here means so much for the trajectory of this season, not only for the men on the field, but also for our sanity as fans. Because, yes, I am not going to talk about the NFL draft unless it pertains to the Carolina Panthers losing games because we know that's a surefire, okay, we get their pick. But this game, if the Bears win, means we're back in the fold. Have some work to do for sure, but back in the fold. Because that's two games under 500 with an extremely manageable schedule for the rest of the month. And I think the Bears can get the job done at home against the Minnesota Vikings. Yeah, you know, I, I'm looking. I just took a quick peek at the next couple weeks because I'd remembered seeing it. We we have not had our bye yet. It's not for a while. So I remember speaking with a, a friend, friend of the show, that it was a favorable schedule, you know, kind of in the near future. Right now, the Raiders are favored by a point uh, against the Bears next next week. If the Bears win this weekend, they ain't losing to the Raiders at home. We just saw, and I've, ah, geez, so much of my fantasy season rests on that team. That is not a good team. And then the next three games, Chargers on the road, that's probably a loss. I think we can agree there. But then Saints, they're nothing special. Panthers at home, Vikings again. So, like, I don't think either of us is saying they're going to be sneaking into the playoffs, but can absolutely be respectable. Like you said, now a quick, quick, fun question, and then I'll get a little more into my Bears thoughts. You said arguably Justin Jefferson best wideout in the league. No arguments there, uh, even with the use of the word arguably. But I'm curious, who would you have? And you can only give me one other name if it wasn't Jefferson. Well, Nick, something we saw on Monday night out in Las Vegas was the fact that Jimmy Garoppolo, who I love cannot get the football to one of the best wide receivers of our generation, and that is number 17, Devontae Adams, who should have had a field day against his former team in the Green Bay Packers, and it ended up being the Jacoby Myers show. I think Devontae was extremely frustrated after that game and lack of production for himself. I think with the right quarterback, He's still the best wide receiver in football, even at his age. He's not old, but he's getting there. Justin Jefferson, of course, reminds me so much of a young Devontae, but there is no cerebral player like Tay Adams at the wideout position across the league, so I still tip my cap to him. That's what I was hoping you'd say, you know, unfortunately, not unfortunately, but 
this guy's not my favorite player. I know I had him in fantasy a lot, but Tyreek Hill, I, I, I do think it's crazy, but I, I do think overall just with his impact, he's got to be there. It's a position I love, so I had to ask. But frankly, I, I do think this is a win for the Bears. It's not going to be easy, but it just feel I, you got to be careful, you know, with using the word rumors and stuff. There's a lot of chatter out there about the Vikings, you know, potentially shutting things down. I just think these franchises are going in opposite directions. Even if the Bears go to a new quarterback or something like that, like we know they have been low and kind of the only way to go up is high. Whereas the Vikings, I mean, they were an incredible record-wise team last year. They lost some major pieces, and now they, they just look terrible. I think that the home crowd, I'd like to think it'll be inspired, especially after the Bears' last performance. I think as long as Getsy sticks to what he's been doing, Fields will continue to be successful. They're going to hurt in the run game. I'll say that right now, and I know that's not going to be easy. And the Vikings still have a few pretty darn good players offensively. Uh, but I, I just think, you know, it's some optimism, the reasons I just laid out. And quite honestly, that edge and that fight from the defense that we saw that we hadn't necessarily seen a lot of. I do like the bears this week. Nick, I am so grateful for your confidence going into this weekend because everyone else around me would say that I'm delusional to think that the bears can put a couple wins in a row together. And this team is extremely capable of winning on Sunday, but I genuinely believe it's going to be a shootout. A team in the Vikings who had a pretty solid defense in years past, that has gone by the wayside, and we know the Bears have allowed upwards of 30 points multiple times this season. So I think this game stays close, and both teams put up a good amount of points. But before I give my final prediction, I have to give my double bolds. And offensively, we have to stick with the man who has gotten us to this point, And that is Justin Fields. The only reason that this team has any fight left because of the magic that he's been putting forth. I think he continues to air the ball out and into the end zone. He has three passing touchdowns against the Minnesota Vikings and finds the end zone on a nice little bootleg, find the corner, and hit the pylon. So that's three passing touchdowns and a rushing for JF1. And defensively, Nick, it's as simple as it gets. I watched Chiefs-Vikings last week. Kirk Cousins takes so many hits, and I actually found myself audibly laughing at the countless times that Chris Jones got home on Kirk Cousins because he just looks so awkward back there and takes hit after hit. So this defensive line needs to replicate what the Chiefs did on Sunday. Get after Kirk Cousins. Make his shoulders weak. I mean, good Lord Almighty, this guy can take a beating. And 
the Bears need to bring back that defensive identity. I'm anticipating three sacks and a classic Kirk Cousins fumble and the Bears recover. Now, these are meant to be bold, so credit on that. If both of those happen, Bears are winning by 17. I'm going to go with a little bit off the radar. Now, it it makes me sad that this is a bold one, and I'm not going to get too down on that. But, you know, one of our favorite players has not had much of an impact offensively this year. So I'm going to say Darnell Mooney. I don't want to go crazy because Moore's the clear number one. Let's go 70 yards and a touch. It's bold, but it's still possible. I really do think, I mean, he should have had probably 40, 50 yards already last week. And that's a respectable game, you know, certainly, especially when you're not the clear one. So that's what I'm going to go with in route to, see, I don't think it's going to be quite as high scoring as you do. I know you didn't pick a score. A little weird. Let's go 26 to 20 Chicago. Bears improved to two and four on the year. Nick, you say it all the time, and you just reminded me of something that I have to give myself credit for, and that is two consecutive games where I have predicted DJ Moore to eclipse 100 yards receiving and score a touchdown. Well, in the past two games, he's done 361 yards and five touchdowns, so well over my prediction. And Nick, I absolutely love what you have for your offensive bold because DJ Moore was the only wide receiver on the Bears to catch a pass against the Washington Commanders, which is a wild stat. So I definitely agree with you that Darnell Mooney will enter the fold. He had a few targets last week. I believe two of them should have been caught. And Justin Fields has not forgotten about his connection with Darnell Mooney. It just needs to be brought out. And I think no better place than a division rivalry. Because you know that Minnesota Vikings defense will be so focused on DJ Moore throughout the game that we'll see something similar to the Monday Night Football game where Darnell Mooney will shine. So... I'm going to give my final score, Nick. I have the Bears scoring a few more points. Mm-hmm. And I mentioned Justin Fields throwing for three, rushing for one. So that's four touchdowns right there. And I believe Cairo Santos gets on the board. And that is 31 for the Bears and 24 for the Minnesota Vikes. And the Bears. Roll on to victory, two and four on the season, and there's a little bit of hope left in the jar. I, obviously, our listeners couldn't see. I was mouthing the 24 because I know the scores that this guy loves to pick. But I, I think both of these are terrific. I mean, what would be the most likely for my score? I guess three touchdowns, two field goals, and like a missed extra point or missed conversion or something. I think that's going to be how this shakes out. Could be a bit of a weird game. I think that the game I'll be watching and covering the day before, the Badgers here in Madison is going to be weird. You know, weather's supposed to be 
kind of nasty around the Midwest this weekend, which again could potentially uh, help favor with the Bears. I think a more low scoring game helps. I think Fields is comfortable, been using his legs a little bit, obviously passing coming first. Let's just make this thing a little bit ugly. You know, defense stepping up a bit again, still getting healthy. We'll miss Juice Herbert, but I feel pretty good. And, you know, we we don't need to give each other as much credit, but I was confident in that last game. I know you came around to it as well. We were texting the day of, but that was a big time win. And you just hope that however the rest of this season shakes out and there's a ton of season left, that the staff can build off of what Fields has done because not only was it awesome, but a lot of the national media that I actually think highly of with quarterbacking skills was tweeting some nice things about Fields that night too. Nick, it's fascinating to me with your score, having the Bears with 26 points. That means a heavy workload for Cairo Santos with four field goals if we're doing true football math. And I see no problems with that. I think this Minnesota Vikings team is going to lean a bit too heavily on the rookie, Jordan Addison, to kind of fill that Justin Jefferson role. I don't think he's up for the challenge just yet, as the Jefferson injury is so stunning to that team. And let us not forget, folks, Nick's talking about the weather this weekend. Those Minnesota Vikings. You might think of Minneapolis as a cold-weather city. Well, they're so used to being in that oh-so-comfortable dome that they're going to have to deal with bear weather at Soldier Field. And Kirk Cousins is not going to know what hits him. And our Bears roll on to victory. So, Nick, to round out the show, it can be as simple as a sentence for me, but my pick of the week is the Los Angeles Rams to earn a victory by a touchdown against the Arizona Cardinals out in the NFC West. And my reason for that is this Rams team came out hot against the Philadelphia Eagles, ended up losing by nine. But they have some very close losses on their record this season, losing by one score to the Cincinnati Bengals. and the San Francisco 49ers, a division rival who seemingly is the best team in football right now. So I've got the Rams by seven or more against the Arizona Cardinals as my pick of the week in week six. Chargers went outright at home against the Cowboys Monday night off a bye. Boom. Nick, that might be my favorite pick you've given out this season as the Dallas Cowboys are crumbling as we live and breathe. So, folks, thank you so much for tuning in to one of my favorite episodes we've done. And let us roll into a fantastic weekend of football. As always, just up. Bear down forever.